There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. Where? Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, my. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that oh, culture? Uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. My friend is already making me laugh my A off. Well, you know what you're doing to all of TikTok? Making them dance. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Our what? producer, Becca, just let us know that it's been all over her TikTok this morning. That's the way I say TikTok. TikTok, TikTok. That uh, Bowen was dancing with Muna on stage last night at their concert. It was a, it was very fun. And um, I'll leave it at that. Silk. I was with you. I remember the day that song and video dropped. Yes. It was, we were loading into Fire Island the first day of, it was the travel oh my God, day. It was, it was, it was. I remember I was like, I turned to you, I was like, this song, I'm going to dance on stage to this song in a, in a year and a half. <laughs> I'll never forget. Just like it's, one thing you can do with your friends, all the readers at home, one thing you can do is out of nowhere, you can just, when there's a quiet moment, you can just go. I can't on. What does that song mean to you? It means freedom. It means being able to be free. Yeah. Uh, equality. Mm-hmm. Um, it means. Stoner culture. Definitely. And it means um, the the permission. Which goes with freedom? <laughs> yeah. Do you need permission to be free? No, I. that's a really big question. I, Do you need permission to be free? Damn. I say no. Damn. Why is this the deepest podcast on the web? Everyone, hold on. Let's get, let, this is hold Honesty Zone. I actually think today is going to be Honesty Zone, to be honest. I'm ready. I'm ready to go there if you are. Uh, it has to be Honesty Zone because I don't think we can... Well, I don't think we can comment on pop culture without being a little honesty zone today, but we'll get there. Okay. Um, 
this is my thing. Las Culturistas might be a serious podcast. Mm-hmm. First, it's very serious, <laughs> but it's one of the most serious. I think we, I think we delve into meaning, just meaning. Culture is meaning, you know. If culture isn't meaning, then I don't know what is. I don't know. Then I don't want to be right. <laughs> That's a rule of culture. That's a rule of culture. <laughs> Which one is that again? Number seventy-seven. Number se- culture number seventy-seven. If culture, if culture is isn't meaning. meaning I don't, don't want to be, be right. right. Love you, you is wrong. I don't want to be right. right. Can I tell you what I'm so into lately? What song I'm so into lately? And I can't stop listening to it. And I realize I think it is my favorite song of all time. What? My darling, I <laughs> can't get enough of your love, babe. What is this song? I'm not familiar. Barry White. Oh my God. I should know. I don't know. My, my, Barry White's a blind spot. Oh my God! There's a it, it, like, the lead up to the chorus is so I feel the change, something move. I scream your name. That's what you got to do, and darling, I can't get enough of your love, babe. You gotta listen to it. I we need a voice like Barry White's, like literally, like someone who sounds like Barry White back in the culture. We really do. I mean, we need, I guess, bass, baritone, supremacy. We need them back. We we truly do. You know who, you know who's kind of, you know what song I can't stop listening to? And it's sort of giving me bass baritone, but he's like, he's a rapper first. And then he kind of sings as like, Uh you know, a peripheral thing is, is Young Gravy. (laughs) Is Betty, (laughs) is Betty by Young Gravy. It's, it's, it's just, it's a sample of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Oh, so good. But it's like a really funny, it's a really funny song. He's kind of like. This weird mystery, but he is apparently. Oh God, whose mom was he fucking? Oh God, someone, someone help me out here. Um, who's hey, whose mom was Young Gravy fucking? Um, Listen to n- this pop it culture was, podcast. It was oh, whose my- mom was Young Gravy fucking? Um, Ray, Addison Ray's mom. That's what it was. Yes, yes, yes. Thank okay, you, uh, producer so Becca. I have to say that for Barry White to be a blind spot for you and for Young Gravy to be a blind spot for me because I, I I do have a blind spot for him. That's okay. No, he's, he's, he's just sort of like popping off now in the last few months. On TikTok. On TikTok. He's just this tall guy with like, you know. Oh, he's tall. He's tall. He's, he's tall and he's kind of a goofy goof. His mom is an insomnia psychologist I'm seeing here. That's amazing. Hmm. Very important work. Who's um, she fucking... I don't know. Addison you, Ray. You know what I always ask about every celebrity? Who they fucking? Um, <laughs> there should be a movie where like uh, a rapper, a white rapper dates like some like TikTok mom. I'm writing this mom. down. I'm writing this some, down. Okay. You know, I think like a young gravy type. I'm just, I'm just, that's coming to me now. But it's a young gravy type. He's fucking some TikToker's mom. Okay. And then the mom to get back to let's just and let's I'm imagining Addison Ray, this Addison Ray character like doesn't like that. Uh-huh. And then she, she as a way to do revenge, sorry, Jen Caton Robinson reference, uh she fucks his mom. Oh my god. Okay, so let Isn't me just fun? read back Read about what you said. Yeah. Okay. Your 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 notes. So this is the pitch: white rapper, Mm -hmm. a young gravy type, fucking a TikToker's mom, and the TikToker doesn't like that. Yeah. So she fucks his mom. (gasps) Oh my god! This is a huge commercial streamer. (laughs) 
This is a big commercial streamer on Netflix. This What'd is a say? huge Netflix film. I think obviously like the big story, at least in like pop culture and the gay community at large as of late has been bros. Yeah. And I did go see the movie on Friday night, opening night, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And now the weekend's over and the, you know, the box office numbers have come in and it was a sort of a major disappointment at the box office. It's so weird to see something trotted out and the narrative be it's historic, it's historic, it's historic. You have to go, you have to go, you have to go. And then literally to get a receipt at the end of it that says people didn't go. You know what I mean? Like that's very demoralizing. 100%. And you kind of look back on it and think, how could it ever have possibly like occasioned that thing? Mm-hmm. The the sort of like mainstream <laughs> milestone historicism of it. Like I, it really, like if, if this is honesty zone, like that, that graded on me the, yeah. the, the, the entire time. It really graded on me and it was tough for me to watch that and be like, okay. And I will say that I kind of detached from it very early on. I was like, yes, I'm very lucky to be in it. You were great in it, by the way. Like, uh, honestly, I had a lot of like, like I, I, the whole audience was so happy to see you when you popped up and you were so, so funny. And at the end of the movie, you pop back in for something and that hit really hard. Oh, good, good. I felt extremely taken care of by... Nick and Billy and Guy Branham, who was on set with me, you know, producing and and writing wonderful alts and just being so funny. That was Guy's sort of onset alt of congratulations, you've made it to the Obama mm-hmm. administration. Okay, anyway, that's a little spoiler, but um, <laughs> that, that was all Guy Branham who. But what's around the corner, <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movie's great. The movie's great, and it's just I think it was it was tough to see it all spun a very specific way that I, I feel like set itself up in a, in a well yes for disappointment yeah this is my thing about the whole thing is we're sitting here talking about this and this huge gay romantic comedy has come out and it's really good yeah and yet and yet here we are on Monday October 3rd recording this and I feel like the prevailing story about it right now is like that it's you, a failure is that it didn't do well and so and, and oh, so yeah. I guess this is my thing is it's like and and maybe it is impossible and maybe it was a stack deck I don't know what it was like to be around marketing people for that movie yeah. to be around execs involved in that yep. movie to be involved with you know <clears throat> whoever was producing it I don't know what that situation felt like I just know that it's a shame that the narrative couldn't just be for this. This is so fucking funny and good. It's so and, fucking uh, funny. It, and that's the thing is like, it is. And so because the whole media narrative was so front loaded with this is important. And it almost became like, like a, like a mandate that, that like you go see this because this is how we, you know, advance. And if you don't, we're not going to get this. And it feels like, like the situation that we find ourselves in as gay creators is it always has to feel like there's like an extra burden, an extra thing. And we can't just come out and say, hey, this is the thing that I worked really hard on and it's really good and it's really funny. And here I am just like promoting it like any straight person would. It felt like there was this just heaviness on the movie from the beginning about being historic and being important and being new, which is 
important. And I definitely had an emotional response to buying a ticket and going and seeing that movie and sitting down and experiencing that. But I feel like that should have been my experience and the viewer's experience rather than the media narrative. Because now at the end of this weekend, I'm talking to my fellow like, you know, gay creators and artists and comedians. Everyone just feels kind of like, Wow, like are they never are the are they not gonna give us another chance? Is what they said true that we had to do this and make this succeed and we didn't? So now now what? So the fact that we all still feel bad after this is the fact that like it sort of affirms the homework assignment of it all. I'm disappointed for the movie itself. It's such a great movie. And I'm I you know I I feel bad for someone like Billy who had a very unenviable thing to do. But now I go, well, I guess I am a little nervous now about uh, whether or not this happens again, you know? But this is my question. And I think this is this is where I really want to have like a discussion. I really want to know what you think about this. Do you think that there's not other things to be learned from this that, that, that can help the next thing? I hope that people that are in positions of power that can make another movie like this possible, if we do get another gay rom-com in theaters, like, or if they are, you know, if they just do better on streaming, whatever, no one knows what the future holds anyway. And it should also be said that it's extremely hard for any live action hard R comedy anyway, which is another reason why yes. it was annoying for me to have this expectation on this movie because it's almost like seeing a man that's carrying like a mattress up a stair and then saying, hey, could you also be fucking gay and everyone knows it? You know, you know what I mean? It's just like it's already hard enough to yeah. open a live action comedy without that whole thing of like and people haven't supported us before in this and you better now. So like and the mattress is for mattress firm and not like Casper, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's exactly. like it's like this new thing is sort of displaced the market for the old thing. And yet this person is still carrying the old thing and is expected yeah. to transcend the fact that it's a mattress from mattress firm. This is not like a dig at mattress firm, but it's but it's just to like metaphorize or whatever, like the fact that like there are different expectations on like yes. a non Avengers movie. Exactly. And so so it almost felt like, okay, we haven't seen flat out a, a comedy really succeed exactly. you know, at the box office in a while, let alone like a romantic comedy, which also have struggled, let alone a gay romantic comedy. So I just think it was already t- going to be tough. Yeah. And then there's this extra stuff put on top of it, which is like this sort of, I'm sorry, but like finger wagging at gay, at, at straight people rather, which sure. I really don't think is going to help. And now even at the end of the weekend, you see the blame being put on straight people that didn't show up. But it's just like, is that actually helping? I like, don't know. It, does it does it help to say, hey, straight people, we noticed that you didn't show up for us this time. Thanks a lot. Like, and that is kind of like the prevailing feeling at the end of this like press cycle and is alienation. Is 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 more like polarization. Yeah. I uh feel that it makes sense to me that with that urgency that like wow a comedy has not a theatrical release for a comedy has not succeeded in a long time and let's like layer on all these other things there's this enormous amount of pressure and so in order to meet that urgency internally you want to externalize that by saying it's very important that everyone go see this and if Mm -hmm. you don't then it's 
a betrayal or it's it's a, it's then then we will feel wronged mm-hmm. and then yeah for for that feeling of wrongedness to continue is really tough it just doesn't feel good i mean the film let's just be real the film has one big star it's really a two-hander between billy and luke yeah and i thought that like luke was incredible in the movie he's excellent excellent in it but in terms of a media thing like billy's obviously going to be the one out there he had to do pretty much the whole thing yeah like and it was a long press cycle and it's really hard and i can't imagine what it must have felt like to be him to be noted Throughout the process of making the movie, pre-pro, production, post, and now the marketing, which is like the most heady, weird part of it. And you are one person. And I don't know if the studio mandated or whoever it was mandated the fact that the leading media narrative be the historic nature of it. You know what I mean? Maybe they did. That can be an element of it, but it can't be the whole thing. And it just felt like we got to the quality of the movie after we had maybe like exhausted this media narrative the whole time of this is important. I think it was coming from one place Mm -hmm. and not necessarily, it was not as top down as we might think it is. Okay. Cause I feel like on the poster you're seeing in bold letters from the director of forgetting Sarah Marshall, the producer of train rack, 40 year old virgin, whatever, you know, like neighbors, Neighbors, um, director of neighbors. Yeah. It's like that marketing on let's just say the poster mm. was telling you that this was going to be a very funny movie. Yes. This actually brings me to something in the movie. And I think it's actually indicative of like, of, of the of fact a, that the museum is the first LGBT museum. That's not what I was going to say. I, I was actually going to, and you and I have spoken about this monologue that Billy has on the beach. Excellent monologue. Okay. But I thought I was truly breathless through that monologue, I was like, wow, like this is really good. And I, it, uh, for those who haven't seen the movie, and guys, go see the movie. Go see it. Because it go is it. so funny. And I just wish everyone could get, like, yes, it has a high Rotten Tomato score. Yes, it's critically acclaimed. The cinema score is an A. That means everyone that's seeing it Excellent. is loving it, leaving it being like everyone should go. You should go because it's all getting in the way of the fact that this is really good. But us on this podcast, we're sort of just reacting to what's happening in pop culture and this is what's happening in pop culture. This is where we're at with this movie. But I want to just pull something from the film, which is that beach monologue, which is Billy is talking about. He's responding to Luke's character saying he's the most confident person he's ever met. And Billy said, yeah, I'm confident because I had to be confident because no one was ever going to be confident for me. He's sort of trying to articulate this feeling of I had to fight my entire life to make sure that I proved that all the straight people, that all the naysayers were wrong, that I did deserve to be happy, that I did deserve to be successful because I knew in my heart that they were wrong. And then there's a moment in the monologue where he looks out to the water and he says, Mm. and they were, and he says again, and they were. And you think it should have ended there? It should have ended right there. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my God, yes, they were. This is Billy Eichner. You know what I mean? Like, and can I just say, pulling out, 
I love Billy Eichner. I have listed Billy Eichner on so many lists of like my top influences. He truly, genuinely, Louis Vertel said this online, and I think it's so true. He brought a niche type of pop culture, like gay male humor that we share and brought it to the mainstream Mm -hmm. and thought, and like, you know, it may not be your thing, but if it is, it really is. And Billy Eichner is someone who he can do pretty much no wrong for me in making me laugh. Like he yep. always makes me laugh. And he's also such a nice guy and he's a very sweet person. And I think he's deserving of success here with this. But in this monologue, he says, and they were, and they were, and there's a moment where it feels like it should end. And then he keeps going and it's clear that his character. And I think by extension, maybe him is still very bitter about this idea that straight people have held him down or if like, you Mm -hmm. know, he goes in, he even says like words that we all say to each other, like how many times have we been called too niche to that, whatever. And he says these things like sort of out loud. And I'm sitting there thinking, I think this was all actually much more implicit in what he's already said. And maybe by going a little bit too far in this, there's something else revealed that stops it from being like i'm on your side and starts me saying i see that you're angry yeah you know what i mean and i just think whether it's for a romantic comedy or for this film or for us our our attitude going forward in general can i just say you're right they were wrong they were wrong we needn't be angry anymore you know what i mean they were wrong about you they, they you're, were you're, you're you are you are a star you know what i yeah. mean like like and like you know it's it's so affirming that we got this moment yeah like the best writing especially for a moment like that is subtextually rich and he kind of it went a little too far well he, he kind of brought the subtext up to the surface That's like, what I mean. not, not even up to the surface just kind of like pulled it up out of the water or whatever yeah. you know like um, that's interesting. That's really interesting. I really, just, I, yeah. I really, I, I, I was breathless that entire monologue too. When I watched, I was like, this is an excellent performance. Yeah, he was great. Um, and that is, I think that is the midpoint of the film. Um, it is. It, yeah, yeah. Basically that's, that's like where it's like very clear that they are in love or like, yes. or like that, that it's happening between them. And I will say this, I was so charmed by I, I was much more charmed than I thought I would be by the actual romantic oh, yeah. aspect of it. Like yeah, everyone had been leaving sweet. me. I'm like, oh my God, it's so funny. You're going to love the jokes. And I really did. Yes. I mean, there's some jokes here that I will remember. The, like The Deborah Messing thing is incredible. The Deborah Messing is so funny in it. Like there's a moment where like, like you see Luke at his job and like he, 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 he's talking to some guy and like, I won't spoil it, but the line about Cher's staff <laughs> that was so funny. The Kamala, the Kamala impressionist was so funny. There's just, there's so many things and all the pop culture references, like the names of fake shows and stuff like all of that was just hitting on such a deep level. But I was really taken by the fact that I really like actually bought their romance. Like yeah. I, 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 I was really with them until then it became a little bit, I felt in the script, it was like, Oh, this is when the characters fight because the movie needs them to fight. Yeah. Um, but but I was very charmed by their chemistry and like, I loved the weird sex that they had. That mm-hmm. felt very. Yes. Real. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so yes, we're saying to you, publicist readers, Katie's, um, 
that you should definitely see it, but not because it's compulsory, because you will enjoy it no matter what. Yeah. Guaranteed you will enjoy it. It's also like relevant to us and our interests. And I'll say like, I said this to you and Joel, but I feel like being a part of Fire Island and literally seeing and even more than seeing, like feeling how the sausage was made, sort of like when I sat down to ultimately watch that movie in the movie theater, like I I didn't get to have like a full, wholly complete experience watching it as like a gay moviegoer because I was in it. You, you know what it. I mean? Yeah, like yeah. we were in it. But with this, I went and I was like, you know, my theater was about 90% full and, uh-huh. you know, it was all of these gay men laughing at these gay jokes mm. and like, you know, all this stuff. And oh. it felt really good, you know? Yeah. And I actually left the theater being like, this movie's going to be successful. Like, I, I, I really think that like... That people are going to come see this. And then when I Googled like how it had done at the box office, I just really, my heart sank because it deserved better than that. Yeah. And I wonder if we could have set it up for success, but it's not for lack of trying. And like I said, I know how hard they worked in promoting it. They worked tirelessly. Ex- absolutely. And um, I, maybe, maybe what's pulling at me is that it's like, there is no like right person or thing to blame necessarily. Even as we're saying all this, like, you know, who knows? Like we don't, we just, we just, we just don't know. Even, even after we like posit all these things, it's, it's not definitive. And so we're just here talking on our podcast about pop culture being like, it might've been this, it might've been that. Who knows if it was this, who knows if it was something else, but yeah. Anyway, please go see it. Yeah, I mean, people should go see it. And also, you know what? It's not It's not necessarily a capital F failure because there could be great word of mouth. And what we're telling you is like, like fr- from us to you, like, it's so funny. Yes. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price, so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night. Aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Smile. Smile. Sosie Bacon talking about smile. So Sosie Bacon talking about smile. And also, <laughs> but you know what? They had really clever marketing. Did you hear that? Some of the, and this, by the way, smile was like a huge hit this weekend. Right, right. And I actually, it was funny because I was leaving the, I was leaving bros and uh-huh. it was like, I guess both movies had come out at the same time. Yes. And I was like, I, I saw some people that I knew and I was like, oh my God, so funny, right? <laughs> and they go, and they go, oh really? You thought it was funny? We were so scared. I was like, <laughs> what, bros? And they were like, oh no, no, no. We saw smile. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I just saw bros. And they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, for sure. And I was just like, oh, are all you people coming out of smile? Like, but they were all coming out of smile. This is really illuminating because I'm sure there's no possible way you will ever see smile. But if you no go way. into smile going. And I love Sosie. She's a love, friend of ours. Oh, my God. If you go into smile going, maybe I'm going to trick my brain into thinking this is a comedy. Okay. Then like. You, you, you could enjoy could it work all right i mean probably not apparently sosie gives a, a harrowing performance i but mean she's, this is talented we were talking about this it's tour de force actors yeah. giving tour de force in a horror movie maybe worthwhile for you and you know what too because i do know her like maybe i'll be able to laugh at it a little bit more like oh that's sosie it's not real she's not really dying or right, killing someone right, or whatever right. the fuck happens in she's it she's okay she loves um, what i love about that and joel made joel made a really good point about this is you know mid-budget horror is where they can make these sort of cool Creative decisions like decisions. Yeah, 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 yeah they're gonna put Sosie in the lead like I don't think people knew her name like out, out there in middle America like right, I think right. people maybe recognize her from Mayor of Easttown or whatever and maybe they know that she you know has famous parents or whatever but like 
th- she was like a, a, a interesting, fun choice for Smile. Yes, definitely. And now it's like she, she's a fucking movie star. And you Robert Weigert's I mean? like, another therapist. Hello. Hello. I um, met Sosie. I met Sosie years ago. Um, she was doing an like an off Broadway musical with Dave, and she's got a great voice too. So yeah. there's lots of stuff hidden there. I I embarrassed myself on the Today Show. She was right across the stage from me, and I was like, "There's yeah. Sosie," and I was like, "We went to school together." Mm. And then it, that was not factually correct. It's just that she knew Dave. Yeah. And I had assumed that sh- I traced it. I interpolated too far into NYU days, and that's not what happened. Yeah. So, so she. I, she did an off-Broadway musical with Dave, um, with also Lauren Pritchard from Spring Awakening, oh, the original wow. cast of Spring Awakening, and that's how I met her. And she and David hit it off like right away, and sort of like any friend of Dave's a friend of mine. So yeah. it's like she became like she's a very cool girl, and it's it's very awesome to see. Obviously, we wanted Bros to come out at number one, but like it's pretty cool that Sosie is the star of you know Smile the Number One movie. And I was saying about their marketing. Did you see? Um, I don't know. I was reading an article about like comparing the the oh. the success of Smile with like the failure, quote unquote, of Bros this weekend. And they were saying the way that Smile marketed their movie was really interesting. Like they hired, I guess, actors to sit behind the home plate at a baseball game and just smile like this the whole time. <laughs> And the camera would pan in on them and was like, what's this? It looks like the people like behind home plate or have some sort of scary affliction to find out about this. You better go see Smile this weekend. And that's the kind of marketing that I think is really clever. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, like where, where is the cleverness with this marketing? I like, know it can be fun. It, it can be what? fun. It can be fun. Just get out there. Do something. Do something silly at a sports game. Period. Yeah, do something silly at a sports game. It's actually roller culture number ninety three. Do, do something, something silly, silly at a sports, sports game. game period. period. Yeah. Oh my god, it really is spooky season, Bo. It's spooky season, and how? Well, before we get into spooky season, period. can I quickly just ask you about your experience oh. with Fasora, the Bjork album that just came out? <laughs> because yeah. you in the group chat with a bunch of Bjork heads. Yeah, uh, Josh Sharp, Aaron Jackson, Patrick Rogers, Patrick. me. Every now and I then, I think Whitaker's into, into Whitaker. Bjork Whitaker, too. Whitaker loves Bjork. I, I've, I've I've always enjoyed Bjork on a very like innocent, uninformed level my whole life. And then going to Iceland, I like it. Just you, it felt like I had to listen to her, mm-hmm. and it and it all clicked. And I was like, okay, I'm listening to every single album, start to finish, and it it all makes sense to me now. So I'm happy to answer any questions or address any concerns. But talk to me about your experience with Fasora, which is a tough album to get into with her. Yeah, so basically for all the readers, um, I am not really a Bjork person. You know what yes. I mean? Like you could probably intuit that if you listen to this podcast about me. Like I don't, I, I appreciate what she's doing. I get it, but I don't get it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, like I can't uh-huh. listen to it and, and like really, there's not really a place for me to land in it. But when I was tripping balls with my sisters in Fire Island, they actually <laughs> played Crystalline. On, they played Crystalline and they were sort of, I don't really, you Going guys got off. very witchy on the dock. We were witchy. And then, and then like at the end of Crystalline, she like has like a thousand drum beats all converge yeah, at once. Completely insane. Comple- and then we, it all, it became a little mini mosh pet, mosh moment. And we were yeah. all like fucking like head bobbing, head rocking. And it was euphoric. 
And so then you were like, let, let me check this woman out. Let me check this girl out. Well, when I see all my dear girls enjoying <laughs> my, I, like I said, my, my, uh, my three older sisters and my two good little sisters enjoying <laughs> um, Bjork. So I was like, all right, let me just try to put it on. Yes. And I'll say, you know how on Spotify, like you can put it on, but in the background, there's like those images Yes, yes, canvas, yeah. I had to turn it off because those images were very scary to me. It was like a yeah. sort of fungi, like some sort of like like a lava lamp fungi moment. And just, yeah. I, I, I it, it overwhelms me. Bjork overwhelms me. I completely understand that. First of all, canvas, turn it off. I, I, I don't like it. It's distracting mm. when I listen to music on Spotify. I don't really care for the visuals most of the time. I just want to see the square and the picture. That's it. Mm-hmm. Second of all, to be overwhelmed by Bjork is... <laughs> gay culture. <laughs> gay culture. That's a rule of culture. Yeah. Um, what number is that again? 150. 150. To be to overwhelmed, overwhelmed by, by Bjork, Bjork is, is gay, gay culture. culture. But that's be- but then once you accept that you, there is there are very few footholds in her mm-hmm. music, yeah, then that's when you can sort of like completely rethink your, your concept of pop music. Because she is... She is considered a pop artist. Yes. You know? And so, okay, Jason P. Frank actually wrote a great piece in Vulture about, like, how to access Bjork because she is inaccessible, but it seems like the people who really love her are, like, in on something. And it's that once you realize that it's meant to be boundaryless, that, like, mm-hmm. there are no... The structure structure doesn't really exist in the same way. Sure as most pop music and melody and all this other stuff, like it can be a little fun. And then I think maybe start with Chris uh, Vespertine, which mm-hmm. is like, it's gen- like, she's a genius because with, when Vespertine came out, um, she, it's a lot of like icy sounds. It's a lot of like, mm. ding, 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 ding. and it's like, she, that was very intentional. Cause it was right when Napster was big and right when like MP3s were like, a concept and introduced into the world and people were downloading music. And she was like, I need to sonically make this album about, even if you download it a million different times and the quality of the audio is completely bastardized and diminished. Like once it lands in people's computers or whatever CDs, like it should still sound like the same. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like the, the, the sounds are very sharp. And so therefore that, that sort of, resolution in the in the sound is maintained no matter how many times it's downloaded like she like is so she's incredibly forward thinking yeah she she really is and i i do get that's that's part of it part of it that i get is yeah. i understand that she wants the uh listener to have a different type of experience yes than someone who is following a pop structure yes would i yes. guess for me i'm just such a I'm actually such a structure person when it comes to film, television, music. Like, I actually think the structures of all of these things make it exciting because I like to see someone, I like to see someone experiment within a structure. And then when something is sort of structureless or follows its own structure, rather, to not sound so pejorative, it's more of a leap for me Mm -hmm. because... I'm I'm waiting for the structure. It's just like there's like a rhythm that I'm like waiting for. Whereas with her, I actually was laughing hysterical at the end of Crystalline because essentially <laughs> it sounds like chaos, like like, it, a vo- it, like a volcanic eruption. It's yes, it sounds like <laughs> destruction in a way where I was like, actually, like this is hilarious to She's me. She's so funny, and I think that yeah, there has to be like 
it has to come from a place of humor in some way because it's so crazy and it felt like my body had been tossed around in a million directions and therefore so had my emotions. And I was like, okay, I understand that that was the intended response. I just don't know that I could like, it's, it surprises me that so many people listen to her so much. Well, she started out like, she can oh my god she's just she's so funny so you should so this podcast came out pretty recently where she like what each episode is her talking about the album and the really interesting interviews and her whole thing is like you would think that bjork is very like highbrow or that like the people who listen to her are like oh like incredibly sophisticated or whatever but she's always been like my music is for everyone it's not for like it's not for like quote-unquote like educated people or yeah or like like snob music snobs it's yeah. not, it's not for music snobs it's for everyone and then she goes um when she first started out she came from this you know punk band the sugar cubes and then she went solo and when she went solo she was like i felt like people were limiting me and she goes um as a woman like if you're a solo artist as a woman like people try to like box you in blah 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 blah, blah. but then she puts it in the best way she goes i didn't want to be smurfette i wanted to be all the smurfs and I, she's so I get funny. And, so, and this has been helpful for me. All of Gaga's kookiness is just like a watered down thing that Bjork has done in the past. Some might say. Why has this been helpful for you? Because it's like, I love, I will, I love everything Gaga's ever done. Yeah. And I think Gaga is as inspired by Madonna as she is by Bjork. Mm. And like the visuals being like so crazy especially early on when she was wearing like Kermit the Frog dresses. Like that's like, you know, like the swan dress is iconic. Yes, it is. And Bjork is just like, Bjork just gets it. She's just like, doesn't take it seriously. Icelandic through and through. The Icelandic people are just so like Mm -hmm. wonderfully unflappable as a people. And I feel like that's Bjork as an artist. You know, what's interesting is like you mentioned the swan dress. And I also think the reason why I'm sort of like, um, I had never thought she was for me is because when the swan dress happened and when her performance on the Oscars of I've seen it all from Dancer it was ridiculous Dark happened. I remember sitting there. I was, mm, I think I was nine. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was watching it and I had just become familiar with the Oscars basically through the phenomenon of Titanic, Titanic, right? And so by proxy, my heart will go on. And the type of music I was like (laughs) told was very good, was very, you know, very structured stuff like that. And so the type of glamour I was also told or like how you look at a red carpet was also like very clearly telegraphed to like a seven, eight, nine-year-old me. And then here comes Bjork with the swan which was full on Swan's body wrapped around her damn neck in a tutu. And then she went out in that outfit, no costume changed and performed one of the strangest (laughs) songs I'd ever heard in such a manner that I had never seen before. And I remember turning to my mom and being like, this is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. "Yeah, This is terrible. Right. Right. And then like she was on all the worst dress list because no one got it. Yeah. Now, in my adulthood, You're like, not That's, only do I rocks. get the swan dress, I yeah. think it's so funny and good, uh-huh. but also 
that performance of that song and that song are so haunting and beautiful. And I yeah. just never could have gotten it as like a little idiot totally. being told by the media that this is weird and stupid and like weird and stupid equals bad. So like hate this, hate Bjork. She's uh-huh. wild and from Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> and now as an adult, I'm like, okay, wait, there's a, so much more here than I ever would have thought. And probably that song should have won the Oscar. Oh, what did when? Do you remember what did win the Oscar that year? I think it was a song from. Uh, I think it was uh, like, oh god, uh, some oh, Bob on. Dylan song. I think. Oh, it was Bob Dylan. That's right. It, it was Bob yeah. Dylan. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like Bjork is just a beautiful, rich meal, and anytime it's there for you, anytime it, there's no shelf life on it, mm. um, it's non-perish. It's a beautiful, non-perishable meal. Like it, like all all the albums hold up. It's like can of beans. It's a can of beans, but delicious. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com.
Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's chime.com forward slash culturistas. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Speaking of beans, have you seen like, so online, like, you know how like there was like this uh, um ex- like Everyone was obsessed with the while with Courtney, take your break from Legally Blonde. <laughs> yes, like there yes, were all those yes, super yes, pets. Yes. The new one that's going around is it Stephanie? And it's just so funny. Well, it started with people sending around the Stephanie clip. Right, uh, right, like right. Stephanie J. Block fully belts it out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Very fiercely belts it out and stuff. But like I saw a super cut recently of like high school girls singing. Yeah. <laughs> It justifies the beats. And honestly, it's hard because the ja, like the J-U, that vowel is hard yeah. to like, ja. sw- it's hard to get up there. Like it's yeah. hard to, it's just, a very, it. it's a hard vocal. And then the beats, it's just like, it's just like not an easy part of that song to sing. So of course we've heard Sarah Bareilles do it, like uh-huh. Joanna Gleason do it. And you know, like all these people do it that, have been able to do it because they've done it professionally. But watching these high school girls try to do it is so funny because you can tell it's just like flailing in the dark, like laser tag with no gun. Yeah. Just like laser. (laughs) That vibe, like completely lost shooting at nothing. Yeah. Like flailing in the sky. But that's the one that has been sort of viral lately. And I recommend you watching one. I'm going to do it. It's, that's the beauty of Into the Woods, too, is that it's the most easily, you know, mountable for high schools, for, like, a young cast. And therefore, like, you just, there's just so much, like, goodness there and, like, innocence there. And, like, and they only do the first half. That's right. Yeah, they stop. Wow. At the, 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 the high schools do, I don't know if readers know this, they probably do, but, like, high schools don't do the second half of Into the Woods for their musicals and stuff. The giant is tough for high school. Well, it just Giants gets a little existential, is- you understand. They don't want to see the, the baker's wife get stomped all the way out, which, spoiler alert, she does. Spoiler alert. Um, Speaking of the Sondheim of it all, this podcast continues to be predict the future. What do you mean? When we said we wanted to see a big budget Sweeney Todd. Oh, yeah. And lo and behold, we're getting... Lo and behold. Josh um, Groban and Anna Lee. I think it'll be great. I'm with a 26-piece so orchestra. And they're both committed for a year. I also heard this, but is but were we, weren't, weren't you and I talking about how like Beanie was committed for six months? Uh, I don't know how years? long she was committed, but basically like 
I mean, they're human beings. Like, they can do whatever. Like, when you're under contract, no one's going to put a gun to your head and be like, you have to do this shit. But, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, would, I would imagine There's that Beanie working was contracted. It out. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that Beanie was contracted longer than she did the show. But then it was, like, not a tenable situation for her or their production. So they probably let her go early. Especially because it happened so quickly. I'm very excited. I will say, and this could be an I don't think so, honey, but I, I won't do that either. Um... I tried to get tickets. Today was when the tickets were dropping for Merrily We Were Along at the New York Theater Workshop, starring Jonathan Groff and Daniel Radcliffe. Uh-huh. Uh, and, 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 and a wonderful cast. Um, but I, gosh, could not do it. And I, I set an alarm. I was on it the minute the clock struck 12. Couldn't do it. And so... They sold out? It sold out within like... I, I, I was in the queue for like 12, 20 minutes and then like it just booted me and I was like oh Damn. no what a bummer yeah I, I it's hard to buy tickets online you know what 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 they say is always call because no, no but then one they say, calls but the New York Theater Workshop website says do not call us oh. do not call us do it through the website and I was like well shit okay well then you know what if it's going to be a mandate that we do it through the website then the websites have to be prepared to handle that kind of traffic 100%. and they have to be prepared to like i mean it's ridiculous like these websites have to you know gotta get you gotta get it together gotta get it together it's like with be real it's like okay like let's like let's like make this usable and have the the, the pictures upload <sighs> mama if know? it's gonna be it's time to be real when i flip open the app why am i waiting to get the option to take my picture just give me an option to take my picture now Honey, it's time for you. You're telling me it's time to be real. I'm telling you it's time to be functional. Yeah, how about that? That's actually little culture number 30. (laughs) It's time to be real. real. It's time for you to be functional. functional. Don't think that you're just going to mention be real and me not bring up your startling and and, and salient Salient. sketch. It it made salient points. All All my work is startling and salient. There is a there's a rumor online about the Lost Culturistas bit to SNL sketch pipeline. But what is that? I don't think there are that many examples. There's been a couple times where it seems like something that was a at bit times, on this podcast. Been. It has been. It has been at, at times. times. It has been at times. Um, no, that was, I mean, that was purely inspired by like the conversations that like we've had on this. Like I literally yes. found out what Be Real was on this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I pitched it to Celeste. I was like, okay, it's a bank robbery. And then Be Real goes off. And they were like, great, <laughs> let's talk. They were like, okay. I was like, I think the PDD boys had an, a similar idea where it happens in surgery. And I was like, okay, that's funny too. And then we, we all met up and we were like, we just all kind of talked it down. And it was so fun. And God, like the boys were great. Celeste was great. Directed by new director, um, Tim Wilkheim. And wonderful. It was, it was, it was very fun. <laughs> I, I thought Miles was great. I thought Miles Teller was a great host. Uh, Miles is fun. NYU boy. Yeah. Was that uh, freshman dorm was third North? Wait, really? And yeah, and then he was at Lafayette, and it's been a big NYU week for me because then I went. When I did went he on graduate? Up, he was like, he was like two thousand nine, eight. We oh, overlapped, so he, he, but we overlapped with him. He was Strasburg. Oh, so yeah, he must have been in school when we were. So he, yeah, oh yeah, so we were there. He must have been a freshman. We got there. He graduated two thousand nine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he must have been a fresh uh, a senior when we were freshmen. Anyway, and then I did today's show with Jacob Soberoff, and he was at oh, NYU. Yeah. He, he was like. <laughs> I was at Hayden, and then now it's called something else. But remember Hayden? He's a cutie. He's very cute. He's very cute. Is he G-A-Y? No. No. He's not? Very H-E-T-E-R-O. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. Um, For some reason, maybe this is the year of me, like, 
coming to terms with my NYU alum identity because I've kind of <laughs> I've kind of blacked it out for several years before this. Mm-hmm. I just I, every now and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I went to that school. Ugh, okay, and I like forget. I-, <laughs> I forget that I went there until I remember. You know what I mean? Like I, it's just, it's so funny to have gone to college there because I guess. Like when you go to NYU, it's just sort of like like you're just in New York City, and so that yes. kind of is the vibe. But I I don't know. The also, city is your campus, even. <laughs> Period. Here at NYU, the city is your campus. <laughs> God, should we go back and do like a, a corny ass PSA? Or no, never accept money from them. No, I don't want to accept money from them. <laughs> Sorry, NYU. I'm never giving you money. Stop sending me this alum bullshit. Oh yeah, Seriously. it's so funny to me. It's like you no, don't you, need it. You have more than enough from me. Thank you very much. I'm not giving you a shilling. Honey. You're not getting a shilling from me. <laughs> Matt Rogers, are there, there's like an exciting development. Um, all we'll say is that you and my and our good Judy Joel Kim Booster. Competed yeah. on Celebrity Jeopardy recently. He did. And the episode will be coming out in the well, next Well, I few didn't weeks. compete against Joel Kim. No, that's right. But we taped episodes on the same day. I think I can say that. And I can't say how it went, but I can say that it's going to be good content. <laughs> <laughs> and watch the whole episode. Oh. Or episodes. Honestly, it was really fun. Um, I had a nice little conversation with Mayim Bialik. Yes. I actually, I told her, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you had a podcast episode with Kelly Clarkson that oh my God. was like so good because they, 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 she, Kelly Clarkson was on Mayim's podcast uh-huh. and it was like such a good, honest episode of, po- oh, of, of like, it was giving good podcasts. And I, I had to tell her, I was like, I really enjoyed that. And she was very nice and lovely. Yeah. I will say, when you are on Jeopardy, which is like so surreal, it's like crazy. it's so crazy. It's such a beautiful stage. Like it's like and and like I can't say who I competed against, but it was a really fun group. And um, you do think like, oh my god, like to watch Alex Trebek stomp out here and do it like so majestic. Like he really was so he had the gravitas. And one thing I loved about Mayim was she didn't come out beforehand to like say hi how are you thank you for doing this it was just we saw her for the first time live on the day that's she came out walked and hit the podium and then started the game and i was like yes i thought that was actually like giving k-u-n-t i was like i was like absolutely i was like don't say hi to us you're the host of you're the host period and then I did think like, wow, what it, the, the added nerves it must have been to have like Trebek like stuck out there, have that tall drink of water and like do it like, oh, my God. But like I said, I had an amazing time. It's it's a sophisticated show in that it is like I would only ever host a game show if it, if it I, were like, chic. Well, I'm saying not that I'm saying I would only host a game show if it was like if it wasn't like, hey, here we are playing this. I, I, I would only host a game show if it was like, <laughs> welcome to the game show. And here we go. You know, like that kind of thing. And I think maybe the play is about that. I think the play is about a game show that's very like quiet and like low frequency. This and then, play like, that you're referencing that we're going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And I just think like there's something there. And then like, whatever. Is it a play where you play the host and I play the contestant? And I challenge your conceptions of what you thought the game was. I think it's wait, write this down. I think this is a good pitch with the tick with the sort of young gravy tick. Uh, I can't believe we're going to write two movies. 
What is? How does he challenge your conception of your quiet game that you host then? Oh, it's not about the game. No, the game is always going to be quiet. <laughs> okay, but what do I challenge? But see, then? no, it's okay. Well, you obviously the obviously like the sort of let's just say this is not the right usage of the term, but the Chekhov's gun is that like at one point I yell and things get loud and people scream and like and then that disrupts the entire sort of like equilibrium of the thing where it's like this is supposed to be a quiet game show why are we why are we yelling and like that's when the audience gets nervous you know so maybe it's that you have a pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. is that I'm, the way to say it yeah sure you you have <laughs> you have a dignity and serenity around this game yes, yeah and then when and someone comes in and challenges that that's when the play begins and the play is the thing the play is the thing <laughs> i feel like i'm i'm not tripping here am i like that sounds like a really solid piece of play. theater it sounds like a huge commercial play why well, i would never said commercial no and it is it's going to be really important because when people buy tickets to this big commercial play no. they're also buying tickets to two gay men on stage together stop it's historic don't, don't stop you can't do that it's historic no matt come <laughs> on you have to what are you gonna do not laugh because then you'll cry you don't have to cry. Save it from crying. No, um, I think no, this is the plan. Literally, the the venue idea is New York Theater Workshop, so that we're there, and then I get to go up to the people who run the damn website and go, change the ticketing system. Twenty years ago, I couldn't buy tickets to Merrily. Why do you think this is gonna happen in twenty years? I don't know, because plays take our art takes a long time. It's because you're so booked. Booked for twenty years. Art so. takes a long time. Yeah, aka that's Bones' nice way of saying I'm too fucking booked to do a play. Right. Um, what else? What else? I um, Housewives. Oh yeah. Well, oh, the Salt yeah. Lake girls are fucking back. Let's just say that. And not a moment too soon. Did you enjoy the premiere? Because I know that you sort of you you dragged your feet with Salt Lake. Not really. I just the trailer just didn't hit me. Maybe I was just not in a good in the right mindset for the trailer when it came out. But I was like, this looks fine. And like the whole black eye thing, like Heather's black eye. I'm like, she <laughs> fell. Okay, no one hit her. She fell down, hit her fucking eye socket on you know a banister. The end. Like yeah. let's not draw this out. But um, like that maybe like bugged me the entire uh-huh. time. I'm like, why are we pretending anyway? Um, it's wonderful. I'm so glad these women are, these women are back. I was watching it at work with Celeste. Um. And they were like, Heather's the only one. And I was like, I guess Mm-mm. so. No. Wrong. <laughs> Celeste, I said wrong, wrong and then pushed their head. Yeah. Okay. What, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Heather is not the only one. Okay. So this is, this is my, this is my take on the first episode of Salt Lake City Housewives. Okay. One, Lisa Barlow is a one of a kind creature for television. And her walking in with her Diet Coke, she now, like, knows what she's doing enough. to Holding the cup to her head. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. And I think that she is... She knows the identity. In the sense that she makes things happen in the show without it being like, I'm producing. She just kind of puts herself in situations where they get emotionally heated, and we have to respect that. Like, her crying, breaking down to Seth at the end of the episode when Meredith wouldn't even turn her back at the end. That, that to me, was the Housewives that I like. Yes, That's and, like, it's, and it's honest. Yes, it feels real, and it feels based on something crazy that, that a person would do. Like, And, and I, I just, I love that. I think that everything Meredith is saying about Lisa and these rumors about her cheating and doing sexual favors in order to get Vita Tequila in certain establishments is 
I don't I don't believe it. I, and, I don't think it's is that true. not very is that not very produced like Meredith trying to produce. I understand why she's doing it. And I almost think there is a hidden point to doing it, which is, see, look, I can just say any fucking thing, yeah, too. Totally, How does it feel? Totally, totally. Because I also don't believe that Meredith fucked half of New York. You know what I mean? But Lisa got to just say that and then it gets to be out there and Meredith deals with the strife. Well, guess what, bitch? I can say whatever I fucking want to and people can decide whether or not it's true. How do you like it? So I do think it is a, while it's a wild response and it's like <laughs> a decidedly engaged response and I don't think it's true, I understand the intent of her doing it. Yes, yes, yes. Re- now, re Heather, this is where I push Celeste's head. <laughs> this is so on violent. This. Yeah. Well, well, Celeste, they can hit me back. Okay. I yeah. challenge Celeste to a fight. Only, only upper body, no kicks. No kicks. And they're lucky because I have a very strong leg. Long and powerful. Long, powerful, jacked leg. Harry. Um, Heather got absolutely smoked in her first scene by Whitney. Because when, Heather's entire narrative has been yeah. the church is so hard. Like I'm such a bad Mormon, like leaving the church. Oh, stressed because of the church again today. Like, what about my daughters in the church? Like my my parents in the church. Like me in the church, the church, the church. Whitney comes in and she's like, Guess what, Mama? I'm taking myself off the fucking mailing list. Yeah. I'm not even getting into heaven. I'm going to hell officially. I printed out a document that says I'm being damned and I'm gonna sign it. And Heather was just like uh, okay. Uh, and I bet she feels some type of way about the fact that Whitney is living out the storyline in a more explicit, interesting way than Heather actually can. Because at the end of the day, Heather can't like woman up enough to get herself off that registry. She does. Yeah. Perhaps this is the first grain seed, whatever into their conflict for the rest of the season. I think it's something because I don't think I I think if we're going to set the whole thing up with Whitney and Heather have a falling out and then this is going to be the first thing we open on them doing. I think that it must be a thing. Yeah. Whitney's just doing this because she doesn't want to just, you know, have a door knock and it's the fucking church. Yeah. We're just checking in. Where's the money? I get it. I'm I'm on her side. I wouldn't want to be bothered either. 100 percent. And I also think like, and we always say this about Heather when the reunions roll around, but she seems extremely high on her own supply yes. in the reunions. And it's just interesting because I feel like, and maybe this is harsh, but I think she left the church, but she's still just as righteous. I, I think she's still just as judgmental and righteous as she always was because I think maybe she's not a member of the church, but she's still someone that was formed by that church and her personality was heavily informed by the experience of being a religious Mormon and the way that she treats other people, the way that she sort of, and you'll notice that the thing she says about other women is you don't treat me right. You, you talk down to me, like you disregard me, you do this to me, you do this to me. But I feel she does that to other people. 100%. And her, she only thinks in terms of status, I feel. Which is interesting because I don't know how you feel. And we haven't even spoken about, about Jen, Jen yet, but yeah. this allyship that Heather and Meredith still have with 
gen. I don't think it's doing what they think it's doing. No. I don't look at that and think, wow, what good friends ride or dying with Jen. I think, guys, there's real victims here. Like, this isn't even an Erica Jane thing. And the Beverly Hills women really do give Erica a harder time than these Salt Lake City women give Jen, who's actually responsible for right. these people's Directly. Yes, yes, yes. Directly. You know, whatever. I mean, Coach Shaw is an interesting character in all yeah. of this, I think. But watching Jen Shaw, the woman, the person, just like crumble in this way slowly and wither on the vine, I, I go, oh, this is, this ain't good. And this is this is not ending well. And we all know where this is headed, which is the guilty plea. But to, to watch her in this first episode be like, I'm not taking the plea deal. Yeah. Like, it's so like, oh, this fucking, this fucking person. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I wonder how they're going to make it interesting and compelling for an entire season. That yeah. We, we know she's going to be like, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. Yet we know she's guilty and that she admits to guilt. So it's essentially just going to be us watching her gaslight her friends all year. Yeah. And ultimately, I guess what's going to be interesting about it is how they land knowing this is true. Right, right. Oh, remind me... Um. The episode started in a, in a beautiful sort of artistic display of editing. Like, I feel like the way it was mm-hmm. edited was True wonderful. Crime. True yeah. crime. Well, it was like these, like, you know, whatever, like, desaturated shots of, like, the women being, like, it's Heather being, like, my friendship with Whitney is as strong as ever. And then it yeah. cuts to, like, Heather is the best person I've yes. ever met. Oh, it was the first season confessionals, right? <laughs> yes. That's what yes. it was. And, it, and it's just, like, this is all being completely turned on its head. Every yeah. single thing these women, like all of these things that each of these women are saying will be completely inverted. Yeah. The yeah. foundations of all these characters is shaken That's, off the hinge. Yes. Beautiful way to start this season. I'm so excited. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And so th- yeah. it, that, that did what the trailer was trying to do, I think, which is to like excite me. And mm-hmm. I'm glad they saved it for the actual episode because now I'm like, I can't wait to see how this turns out. RuPaul gets. And this weekend uh-huh. is the premiere of Potomac. I can't wait. And I've seen it. Oh, you lucky fool. And it is delivering. And I will say it feels like Bravo has realized Potomac is that girl. Yes. And because they got new outfits for the like um intro uh-huh. they it's leveled up like yeah. i can't tell you like there's just a there's a quality to it there's an awareness there. there's an awareness yeah. there's and an awareness and it's like it's almost like they've they've been like okay girls you can be the girls now but that's and i'm so glad they're finally getting rewarded because mm-hmm. five out of seven of those women are original season one people like the retention on that on that show is remarkable yeah. For seven seasons, five of these women have stayed. Is it is it Karen, Giselle, Ashley, Robin? And um or it might just be four. It's four, and then Sharice is now Charisse back. Sharice is now back. back. So the, that's yes. five. And then there's obviously Wendy, Candace, and um Mia. Mia. And the the only person who's like out completely is Monique. Correct. So, so yeah. Yeah. So the, the honestly, like, which is I think why some of these other franchises aren't feeling as successful anymore. It's because it feels like we either lost the core group or the mm-hmm. core group lost it. I think yes. in the case of like New York, the core group, the core group lost, lost it. it. Whereas like, you know, in Beverly like Hills, Beverly the, core Hills group is gone. the core group is gone. Yeah. And now it's just like, 
are they friends? Like, would these women ever hang out? Like, right. I don't, I can't answer that. Yes. But Potomac, I'm like, mm-hmm. the lines are clearly drawn and it's fun to have those lines be completely like erased. To have Candace and Ashley team up this season is so exciting to me. These Every, two women, these two yeah. women fucking hate each other. Truly. Yeah. Every single one of the characters on the show starts off with a really strong storyline right away. Great. Like it's it's and I'm I mean across the board. Like mm-hmm. there's no one that after the first episode of Potomac you're like they're going to have a weak season. Everyone is set up for an incredibly strong season, I would say especially Ashley. Like like Ashley it, it's about her. Mm. And um, there's still so much places to go with that storyline. And there's so much discussion to be had about how she's handling it mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it is not what you think. It's not a one-to-one, like it's a divorce. Like yeah. it's it's complicated yeah. and they're all going to have very interesting opinions on it. And yeah, I'm just excited for you to see it because also I won't spoil anything, but one of the women has a very interesting connection with a character from another franchise, um, which is really good. And and this is all episode one. This is all episode one. Wow. Yeah. So we can talk about it more next week or next time we have a culture catch up, but, but Potomac's giving and Salt Lake, Salt Lake and Potomac on at the same time. That is supremacy. We're, we're eating. Okay. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the reunion of Beverly Hills will give. Yes. Um. I. I will say I'm just manifesting this. Would love to have a Candace, a Karen, on the pod very soon. Yeah. I mean that would be fab. And also another thing is we have to have Casey and Danielle on. Oh my God. We keep saying we, uh, this is like the fourth no, time we said this. I just yes, DM'd with Danielle. I just DM'd with Danielle. Okay, I think we want to do it in like a month. Yes. So like why, when the when the Beverly Hills reunion is wrapping up slash Salt Lake and Potomac get going a little bit more, we'll have them. Perfect. I love it. Before winter. Love that. Love that. Ooh, I can't wait. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for where you want to get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. This is I Don't Think So Honey. This is our segment. We do every episode. It's our one minute rant on something that is really grinding our gears in pop culture. Matt, do you have something? Um, you know what's funny? I was just I was just you know what I watched a bunch of episodes of last night, The Voice, and I was mm. like looking for it, I don't think so, honey, in the voice. And I have to say, there's still no I don't think so, honey, about the voice, except That's maybe wonderful. too many country singers. But Camila Cabello is giving. And you know what I noticed about Carson Daly? He really gets excited with the families when the when the people get the chair turned for them. He's oh. like he's like a little nerd. So I thought maybe what I do it, I don't think so, honey, about the voice, but I won't, and I'm gonna do the other thing I had an idea okay. about. Thank you for letting us peek into that. Because the voice is just good. Process. Yeah. <laughs> the blind auditions anyway. Can't poke holes. Okay. This is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. The spelling of the word fuchsia. Mm. So fuchsia is spelled like this. F-U-C-H-S-H-I-A. No, you've, you've already lost the thread. It's flop. What is it? What is no, it? No, no. I don't know. F-U-S-C-H-I-A. No. No, so it's fuchsia should be spelled like this. Oh and let's just God. just go with me. Fuchsia should be spelled like this. F U S C H I A. Fuchsia. You're right. It should be spelled like that. It's spelled like this. Fuchsia. 
It's spelled like few f u c h is a few, sort of like Florence Pugh, P u g h. But yeah. but even that is more clear than fuchsia. I just feel like you're asking for seconds. kids to be traumatized in a spelling bee by spelling this word like this, and that's cruelty and that's bullying. You're not thinking about the children, and and we have to think about the children much more. Five I don't seconds. think, Sonny, the spelling of fuchsia. You are tripping up sixth graders everywhere, and this 32 year old man. I don't think so, honey. And that's one minute. This all that came is... about because I was wearing a fuchsia suit to an event the other night. Oh, you looked gorgeous at the at, the, at the Equality Awards. You and Joel and Torian. Oh my God. We were given the Equality Award Visibility Award. Sister support. You guys all looked so good. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And you were there in spirit winning the award as well. Um, But anyway, I was like, wow, I wore fuchsia and I went to spell it and it took me so long to find the correct spelling of fuchsia. And then I was like, what is the etymology of this one, honey? Like, Yeah, what is it? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Fuchsia. Okay, so now I'm seeing the spelling is F-U-C-H-S-I-A. Fuxia. Fuxia, which huh, you don't have to tell me twice. Yeah, what okay. Is, what's the lang what's the language origin? Fuchsia. Okay. Fuchsia color. Okay. Fuchsia la- language origin. <laughs> fuchsia is a vivid pinkish purplish red color named after the color of the flower of the fuchsia plant, which was named by a French botanist, Charles Plumier, after the 16th century German botanist, Leonard Fuchs. So, I want some letters. Fuse. No, I, this isn't helping. I need to it's know. It's German. It must be a German r- word because, because it was C- named after U-C-H-S, a German botanist. U-C-H-S is not yush, but whatever. I, I have a serious problem with the spelling of this word. And it's, it's just a shame because it's such a beautiful color. It's a such gorgeous a bold color. color. But people are afraid of it because of the, the, the spelling. I really do think so. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was that suit fuchsia? Yes. It was. Okay, thanks. I, For all the readers that don't know, I suffer with color blindness. It's actually a fact in my Wikipedia. <laughs> but legit, though. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it was like personal life. Rogers is gay, having come out at NYU. <laughs> he is colorblind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's something about me that you need to know. No. Oh, no. if you're gonna love me, you need to accept me. me. If you're if gonna, gonna love me, me, you need to accept me. me. Is this a good song? Yes. Matt, if you never... wanna love me, you need to accept me. I think there's something interesting about the interval of, interval of you need to accept me. It's it's the phrasing of. You need to accept me. It's like a lot if to fit in. If you want to love me, you need, <laughs> you to, need accept to accept me. me. Oh my, that is so true. Really Sometimes good. it can, this is what makes me the opposite of Bjork. It's because I say the truth right away. Yeah. It's no, it's no. She, she hides behind it. <laughs> it's no, no, she actually doesn't. Excess. She actually Here. doesn't. She I actually know. is very honest. She, she says the truth. Don't you ever accuse Bjork of that ever again. Okay. Flop. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready to do your I don't think so, honey? Yeah, yeah. All right, this is Bowen Yang, and this is his I don't think so, honey. And his time starts now. I don't think so, honey. The first visual from Renaissance being a Tiffany commercial. Oh, it, yeah. Come on, it's been yeah. two months. We need something besides that beautiful trailer mm-hmm. for I'm That Girl. I know that Beyonce loves to edge us, and we love her. We love her for it, and she really can do no wrong. She cannot. She really cannot fuck this up except 
I'm down for her like taking long breaks in between projects, but when the project is out and for her to still do this, when she teases the visuals, it's, it's, it's tough on me. It's testing my patience and I will wait as long as I need to for her. Oh my God. I went on the Ty Sunderland Beyonce boat. It was the best. I heard it was a good boat. It was excellent. And everyone on the Saturday one, at least that I was on just was with every single word and note and ooh, mm-hmm. fantastic. The only non-Beyonce song he played was Do It by Hallie and Chloe, Chloe and Hallie and Five perfect, seconds. you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but oh my God, please give us a music video, something. Yeah, uh, that's one minute. And I will say that I do agree. I'm sort of hungry for it. Yeah. And to see the Tiffany's commercial was hard. Um, but I, I remain steadfast in my trust of her. I remain steadfast in my trust and I'm loving that she's helping, you know, everyone in that commercial who's just dancing, living it up, having a good time. She's getting a, they're all getting their bag for this. I hope yeah. um, from a fucking diamond company. They better be paying these fucking people. Um, but I, 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 you know, I would really love to see a fun visual companion to heated or to church girl, you know, like the whole thing. They're coming. They're, they're coming. coming. I know, but I want it now. I know. Okay. So wait, as we're talking about this, do you know what I just realized that we didn't even bring up? Is the fact that Rihanna announced she's going oh to do the Super Bowl. Oh my God! I can't believe we haven't talked about this. But we've been so distracted by the other pop culture news items of the day. Like, what was your immediate thought when you saw that photo of her on her Instagram holding the football? I, that image is so powerful because you know ex- immediately you know what it means. What was going down. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, there's... Like, it, it just... The impact to understanding sort of lags. Milliseconds. Not, it's like it all collapses into one point. You're like, I know exactly what's going on I here. saw the picture and I went, oh! <laughs> I, I, I can't come soon enough. Do we go to fucking Arizona for this? See, okay, so, and before this, like, peek behind the curtain, uh, uh, we, there had been a heavy rumor that the Super Bowl was going to be performed by none other than Taylor Swift. Now that the because, now, now that the Pepsi sort of um, sponsorship has been uh, the, the contract is ended on Pepsi. Yes, it's now so, Apple Music. So then everyone yes. was saying it's Taylor, it's Taylor, it's Taylor, and I can I can confirm that the talks the talks were talking like it was maybe going to be Taylor. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I will ask you about that in a minute. Not but, from I, I, I'm not hearing this from the Taylor camp themselves, obviously, because they would never tell me that. But I'm just I can say that I had heard through a reliable source wow. that it was very close to happening, and that It'll it will happen. happen it will years. happen. I, I think it's I think it's next year. Or if Actually, they, if I don't they, if they want to take a break between like pop girlies. That's then, what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that they usually try not to like have it be pop girly after pop girly. Like yeah, yeah, even yeah. though that's all I would want. That's like, all I care about. Yeah. Uh, I think it will be an extra maybe the year after, definitely within five, um, depending. But I had texted you and I was like, Taylor is going to do the Super Bowl. Are we going to fucking Arizona. Glendale, Arizona? <laughs> but the thing is, like, it's because we've seen Taylor so much. And yes, like Rihanna, I would but do for it. Rihanna. I mean, like, who is to say that th- she might not announce this is the last performance she's ever doing? You know what I mean? Some people are like, 100%. Ooh, it'll be the new album. It'll be the new album. I'm like, no, guys, I don't, I don't think, think it so. will. I she really no, has, don't think she has will. no actual reason to go back into music. No reason to go back into music, and also no reason to need the Super Bowl to launch her back into music. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like she needs this to like remind us why we love Rihanna. Exactly. We've all been. I I don't think we've thirsted over someone to come back 
like this in a really long time. Yeah. But she's not. I mean, there was rumors that she had music, and then and then like there was rumors she fully did not. And I don't think anyone can say definitively what's going on with that, but she is doing the Super Bowl. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get no new songs. Yeah, and it's entirely a greatest hits because guess what? The hits are that there. That would be fine. Like, that would be a fun show. You're singing along to every goddamn word. And What would be your highlights? What would be your most anticipated songs to see at Rihanna Super Bowl? <laughs> Pour it up. For that. Definitely. I, I don't think she'll do it, but she won't. Would but I would I I want to start. Do you, okay, so do you start or end with We Found Love? I think I think you I think she ends with fucking like Umbrella. I think you start with Umbrella and end with We Found Love. Okay, interesting. I think um I think she ends with she ends with cake. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Let them eat cake. I think. I think. I think she ends with "I want to fuck you right now." <laughs> all the whole thing. No, Woo! it ends with. It ends with. It, this is how it ends. She does all her numbers. Then yeah. there is a minute of darkness. There's a minute of darkness. <laughs> and once you hear the crowd, <sighs> yeah. yeah, and then you just see a single. What you see on stage is just like a, a soft pink lighting yeah. starts to come up. And basically, you then realize we're getting into you getting into we're getting into ballad territory, and you just hear this. Oh my god! (laughs) Yes, yes. Chest to chest, (laughs) nose to nose. Palms upon oh. we always just that close <laughs> etc until and the crowd is and the crowd is going <laughs> they're literally on their feet because it's the greatest song of all time California King Bed if she closes with California King Bed after a one minute sort of like moment of silence that would heal society <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? We need a soundboard just so we can go in this California King Bed. Sounds like we don't need the soundboard. Sounds like you just you just belt it whenever you want. And 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 we will all nod along and go, go off. We we have to get the end. Come on. Okay, hold on. Of the of of the chorus is what I mean. <laughs> We ended that the episode what? with a song. In, in this California, California. No, I'm actually not done with this episode. Wait, okay, so I want, I want, I want, uh, Oh Nana, what's my name? One of my favorite songs of all time. But don't, but really, if there is a ballad, she'll probably sing like Stay. She'll sing Stay. Um, Diamonds, if we count in that ballad. Diamonds oh is getting God. performed for sure. That might even be last. Diamonds. Or first. She'll do work. Um, sex with me. I, I hope she does sex with me. <laughs> I, oh. I want the whole I want the whole stadium. I want Donald Trump watching at home from Mar-a-Lago going, five fingers. I want <laughs> I want all of America singing sex with me together. Sex with me so, so amazing. amazing. 
Truly wow. one of the best songs. Rihanna Super Bowl. I mean that there the, you you cannot make the set list because there's too much good stuff. It's true. Remember when Henry Kapersky did that Rihanna sing along at the pit? Yes. I mean that was those were I the think, days. That was maybe the best one because I was talking to Henry afterwards and he was like, You really you really don't always remember that like she has the songs. Yeah. There's so many fucking hits. Do you know what I think is actually going to happen at the very beginning of the Super Bowl? I still think we're going to end on California King Bet. <laughs> but basically, like, I think what happens at, at the Super Bowl is, like, the lights go down. Everyone knows it's going to start the halftime show. And you hear the crowd. <sighs> and then you just see a man in a fedora sort of walk out to the middle of the stage. And then a spotlight hits him. And he has to freeze. And then you see Rihanna in a red dress and you just hear this. <laughs> and she walks to him. <laughs> this is and amazing. Then everything falls out. To <gasps> and she holds a pose. And then she lifts the mic up to her lips and she goes. Story of my life. Oh, and then everyone's screaming. Everyone's on their feet screaming like, because <laughs> it's unfaithful at the Super Bowl. The fucking song. It's unfaithful. <laughs> it's a screamer. <laughs> the show is bookended. <laughs> By Unfaithful <laughs> and California King Bad. Oh my God. Period. Period. Okay. Well. L- looking forward to that one. Looking forward to that one. I mean, look, we're looking, if, if anyone can host us in Glendale, let us know. I'm sorry, not to poo-poo on Arizona, but um, whatever, whatever. I, I would do it. I would do it for Rihanna. We should go stay with uh, our ex-producer, Megan McCain. Yeah, we'll talk to Meg. <laughs> Hot, hot girl Meg is what I call it. Hot girl it. Meg. Um, all right. Well, this has been a truly action-packed, jam-packed, content-packed, Honesty Zone-esque episode of Lost Culturistas Culture Ketchup. Absolutely. That's, I always love these. I love, I love doing them with you, my friend. This is Sister Support. This is my dearest right here that I'm pointing right at. Right here, this one. And um, we end every episode with a song. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to 
stumble on the beaveries of life And we stumble on the beaveries of life He was tired of me more inside I don't want to hurt him anymore I don't want to take away his life Let her do this one, ready? I don't want to be a matterer for more of that, listen to A Girl Like Me by Rihanna. The best Rihanna album. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You gotta put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Croc clogs and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me and me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.